Welcome to Cluelessly Conscious, a platform where we as seniors in 2020 can converse about our take on a wide range of topics, from pop culture to politics. This week, we are discussing our childhood. And I'm Nina, and I'm here with Divya and Melody for this week. To start off, we wanted to do a, be a bit different this week and maybe do a little election recap, being that the election results came out this weekend. So um, we're all going to just go around and talk about how we kind of feel and kind of maybe like a story of... I guess Saturday morning of how we found out like about what happened. Um, so I guess like Saturday morning, I woke up at like 10 a.m. I think it was like 11 a.m. actually, and my mom came in and was like, "Joe Biden won," and I was like, "Ah, it's amazing!" You know, I was really excited about it. And you know, as the day went on, I was having some conversations about how like with people and kind of reading the rhetoric online, and I realized like, and you know, we're all kind of talk about this. We're gonna talk about this later on, but like, you know. We really have to thank the Black and Indigenous women for really allowing us to come to this place because they made up a huge part of the reason why Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won. And I think it's important that we recognize that and thank them and ensure that the reason that we have this election result is because of those people. So yeah, we can, I guess, um, who wants to go next um, to expand on that? Yeah, I was just talking to Nina about this earlier of how, like, Black and Indigenous people carry this election. They are, I believe, 100% a reason for this win because the election was so close in so many states. And um, a lot of Indigenous people don't really completely believe in voting just because, you know, how, like, it kind of goes against their, like, beliefs to a certain degree because of colonialism and everything that just, you know... And, you know, obviously different tribes have different beliefs, but I was just say, seeing that. But they had a 97% turnout for this election. And, you know, America doesn't treat them well. And, um, but they they really came out for everyone this election. I believe that's something we need to remember and we need to give back and thank them and support them in every way possible. And same for black women and black people. America hasn't done well to them either, but they came out this election and, you know, Stacey Abrams, she registered 800,000 voters in Georgia after her loss um, as the governor. She, she didn't stop. She made a organization and she's registered so many people since 2018. And, you know, we really, really need to make sure that we don't forget the things that these communities by POC organizers and these communities have done for us and find out what your local by POC organizers are, who they are, and make sure to support their movements in any way possible, financially, physically, go help them, go donate to them and make sure to support them because um, we have to make sure to support our community and each other, especially in these times. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the work of Stacey Abrams in Georgia is probably the only reason that Biden was able to win in that state and registering so many people of color, so many women, so many uh, minorities who for so long have really been excluded from the voting process and all these voter suppression laws and things like that are organized in a sense to exclude them. But I think the awareness that a lot of our conversation around minorities and race this year was able to really bring towards the laws that really marginalize people enabled us 
to kind of go out there and to really take the extra step to include these people. It enabled people like Stacey Abrams to create amazing organizations and to work to register 800,000 voters in Georgia and to turn a state that would have been probably considered to be red, blue. Um, and, and it was a huge contributor to Biden's win this weekend. Um, and so I think that is really admirable and it's really respectable. And it is something that I think um, a lot of the Biden win this weekend has really brought into perspective for me. Like we've been so sec separated for so long and so divided, but this one event has unified us in so many ways. Um, I found out this or Saturday morning when Biden won, my um, cousin texted in my patient family group chat that Biden had won. And I immediately am sitting there like, this is like, I'm, I'm first, first and foremost, my first reaction was this is the best day of my life. But second of all, like my second reaction was like, I have to see how people are reacting because a lot of the concern was that Trump would not allow this to be a peaceful transition of power and that there would be rioting. And I'm looking on the internet and I'm seeing clips of people outside Philadelphia polling stations, like dancing and <laughs> like doing the cha-cha slide. And then like my cousins are going out in Washington, D.C., and shout out to my cousin Lali because she was a great BBC reporter on the entire election and provided so many things. And I'm literally watching these people party out in the streets and like really enjoying life. And like, there's something, this, this event, this person who was so decisive in everything that he did, um, being gone has really united us. So I think that that is something that is incredible. But with all that said, this weekend has been extremely stressful for probably most of America, regardless of whether or not you wanted Trump or Biden to win, it has been stressful. And what do most people do in times of stress? Well, I'll tell you. We revert back to the childhood nostalgia and things that we do. Personally, I've been playing a lot of video games from when I was in fifth grade to comfort myself. So this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about the nostalgia of our childhoods. We're really excited to be talking about this. Um, so let's get right into it. Divya, you want to take it away? Yeah, so um, typically we rotate between lighthearted and more serious topics, but our last couple topics have been more on the serious side. So especially after the election and so much stressful times, we thought that we could take this week to do a more lighthearted topic and kind of discuss our childhood. And like Melody was saying, like, um, I feel like our childhood and like the stuff that we did brings a sense of comfort that you can't really get from anything else. Like I can say, for example, if I'm really stressed, I usually revert back to my comfort shows that I watched when I was little. And that was, that's like Victorious, like Jesse on Disney Channel, um, watching movies like Lemonade Mouth, which was like the first time I a saw Indian Yes. <laughs> first time I saw Indian representation that I actually felt represented in. And, you know, all the Disney Channel original movies. I just feel like they bring such a deep sense of comfort. I can't really get with the movies coming out today, especially like Disney Channel original movies have really went downhill though. Oh my God, I, such a far descent. Zombies, I'm sorry if you enjoy that movie, but also I'm not because it's terrible. They don't even look like zombies. It makes me so mad. Like Disney could not devote the production value to make them actually look like zombies. <laughs> Yeah, for it's real. It's just a bunch of teenagers painted green. <laughs> I'm like, literally, oh my god! Like the shows back in that, I wouldn't say back in our day because they're not that far away. We're not that like, old, but it's like yeah. it's like Jesse, it's like Victorious, iCarly, like all these like 
amazing. Austin and Allie, shake it up. Like, yes. and now they have like, they, for some reason, everybody started doing like Bizarre Vark and like Loud House and all these things. And I'm like, well, let's all, let's all, let's all just let's bring not it back that. to the heart. You know what I mean? And maybe mm-hmm. that's how 90s kids felt when they saw our shows. Like, I feel like when I watch like Disney Channel shows or I see, I don't watch Disney Channel shows now, but when I see Disney Channel shows, I'm like, this is an embarrassment to your network if I'm completely honest. Yeah. I, I definitely agree on that. Like Wizards of Waverly Place, I watched religiously. Elite. Yes, Sweet Life on Deck, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, both. I've watched both of those, and yeah, I mean, I guess the audience has changed, but it's still weird. I I, I really don't. I don't think that I, argument holds up though, because I swear, kids these days. I th- that makes me sound so old. I take that back. Not kids these days. <laughs> People who are younger than us are so much more, like, grown up than, like, I ever was at their age. Like, I talked to, like, fifth graders, and they're, like, cursing. And I'm, like, what? Like, when I was in fifth grade, like, I was always, like, freaking. Like, (laughs) I was was not going that far. You know what I mean? (laughs) And, like, they're talking about, like – and I swear, it's probably, like, TikTok that's doing this to them. But they talk about things that are so beyond their maturity level. I swear. It's, like, talking to, like, little adults. And it really freaked me out. Literally, like, half the stuff they know I did not encounter. And even, like, dressing style, their access to technology. Like, when I was little, all I had was a Nintendo. I did not get a phone until freshman year. Sometimes on like, TikTok, I'll, like, see, like, those posts where it's, like, I'm an 09 kid, and I'm, like, how is that possible? Yes. That, like, like, and they look like they're my age. They have, like, they'll have, like, those, like, e-girl style. I'm, like, how are you, like, existing as, like, an 09 person? Like, that, I, like, for me, it's, like, how, like, imagine being, like, born, like, 2006 and later. Like, I can't even, like, wrap my head around that. Like makes- yeah the 14 year olds look like five years older than me i'm like oh i still look like i'm 10 years old bro like why do you look like this it literally makes me feel so bad about myself when like i go to like my old middle school to help out and these like eighth graders like look like they're like at least 18 years old and i'm sitting there to myself and i'm like i still look like i'm in sixth grade if i'm completely honest yeah. so then i'm like dang this really hurts my soul like i feel like I, I go home and i'm like thinking about it i'm like i really have to step up my game you know when you have those like moments <laughs> where you're like let me go on 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 the internet and like try and shop pretending like that that's gonna help me like update my style and like <laughs> like grow as a person but then you just like cap out because you're like i can never be those eighth graders like i can't <laughs> So yeah. it's like it's like a really fruitless endeavor. And then at that point, I revert to watching like Disney Channel shows like Wizards and Waverly Place because then I'm like, remember when kids used to actually be kids and not like small adults? <laughs> yeah, and like I definitely see that. And for a certain period of time, I was just like, ew, why are they like like this? Like, why are they so grown up at a, such a young age? But like at the same time, I can't. We can't really say anything because they've grown up in the age of social media. They've gotten phones handed to them at such a young age. And, you know, like, just, like, the media content that they consume is a lot different, a lot more grown up than what we were consuming at that age. So I guess I can see that point of view. But I've got to say, like, I'm, like, I really liked my childhood. I, like, uh, (laughs) I wish they got to experience it, too, because they're kind of missing out. Yeah, like, I'm still, like, I'm still, like, I'm only 17, so I'm still technically a child, like, and, like, I know I have a childhood, but, like, there's a like, great divide between like the way like that I acted when I was in fifth grade and that kids who are born like five years after I was born acted like at their age now you know and I think also like 
honestly a lot of it like you were saying divya with like social media it's also because of like youtube drama that's happening now like i feel like for me like when i was i think i think you know we all talked about this before but i think like for me when i was like in sixth grade seventh grade like my youtubers were like tyler oakley lily singh like colleen ballinger all those like og like youtubers that like like you know that had no drama they were just like doing like skits and collabs and now it's just like Jeffree Star and like all this like makeup like they're all like you know like I get that you know YouTube is evolving but like it's so much more drama now I think that's partially why like there's such a divide between like people that are like in sixth grade now versus when we were in good sixth grade yeah yeah. I was watching this commentary video by D'Angelo Wallace he's one of my favorite I've seen it I've seen it I've seen it the Jake Paul the the Paul Brothers series oh my god so good D'Angelo Wallace so good the way his mind i i just love him it goes into places that i wouldn't even consider i'm sorry literally I'll let you finish, but like i and have, he's like, d'angelo wallace could like is like the best yeah and like all of his like commentary is so fact-based as well like he doesn't he doesn't like have that much bias in regard to like the stuff that he's talking about so he did a series on the paul brothers that's what i'm specifically talking about and he talked about how despite the fact that these the brothers like audience is children the stuff that they talk about is very mature and how that can negatively affect their audience so like this is the same kids that we're talking about that like um they their youtube media that they're consuming is like drama like james charles jeffrey star all of that and i think like james charles is fine to a certain degree and you know even jeffrey star he doesn't talk about mature things in his like makeup videos even though he's involved in a lot of drama um, but, like, the Paul brothers, Tana Mojo, like, a lot of their target, like, audience, the, their audience is children. And even despite knowing that, they continue to talk about, like, mature adult things. Like, I think it's their attempt to um, move their audience to, like, adults and stuff, but it's obviously not working. Their audience continues to be children. Like, you can see it in their comments that are, like, Oh hey, like like this button if you never hated Jake. Like, like oh my god, we can, yeah, we can, <laughs> yeah, we always can. get top comment because people like yeah. cause these kids like participate in them. Like every time I see that, I'm like, I mean, even if I agree, like I'm not gonna like I, I will not be a part of this wave of people who've decided to like this comment. Like I refuse to participate. Literally, and we can see that they disp- they continue to discuss these topics despite the fact that their audience is children so i think that that's a big factor into like what nina was saying like the the media that they consume is a lot more mature now and people tend to have no regard to like even think about the fact that their audience is children i don't even think it's just that like i also think it's like the fact that like um i think youtubers these days with cancel culture and everything surrounding that actively realize that they have almost like a cult-like following. Like when I was a kid and I was watching YouTube, like I liked Colleen Ballinger and like Joshua DTB and like all these people. But like, it wasn't like I was like cult following them. Like these kids will take these people to the grave. Like they will write death threats to anybody that fights them. They will attack their like family members and friends on social media. Like, and cancel culture, I think is highly attributed to this. Like it is really intensified how we all like view these things. Like, so to me, it's like, they know that no matter what they do, their fans are just going to follow them for no reason. Like, I could not tell you why. Like, literally, if any any person that I was a fan of when I was a kid got into, like, huge drama, like, I was gone so fast. <laughs> like, no loyalty whatsoever. But to me, it's like, 
it's so interesting that they're so willing to like defend these people and so willing to like fight for them like people who were defending logan paul's actions in that forest that were his fans and it's like yeah like and d'angelo wallace touched on this so i would recommend that if y'all are like into commentary videos and stuff like that then i would recommend like watch that y'all go watch it but like he talks about his subscriber count barely dropped after all of these scandalous actions. It went and up. It literally went up. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're using these negative actions to attract more attention because, like, that's how the media works. But the fact that these kids are sitting there and consuming all of this media, like, I mean, I'm still a kid, like we said earlier, but, like, it's just, that's the kind of stuff that they're growing up with. Like, meanwhile, I grew up with, like, Bethany Moda and, like, Alicia Marie, who I still love. And like Remy Ashton, like I watched all the beauty YouTubers and I think transitioning into like the topic that we were saying earlier, but like now I, I kind of want to touch on like the YouTubers that we watched, but like Bethany Moda, good vibes, man. Like she was such an unproblematic queen and like, you know, she's not as active on YouTube these days, but she was honestly such a good role model, I would say. She was so, she was body positive and she like encouraged healthy, like, actions everyday life self-care she was the whole thing i i made my parents go take me to aeropostale and buy me her collection and like even now if i ever like need like a comfort video i'll go watch her like morning routine <laughs> like her fall morning routine i love bethany moda and all of their like back to school like um oh my god yes, like the back to school halls yeah like eh, yes this is it like that was the content and everything like youtube used to be so happy like, Joey Graceffa was so happy all the time. Like, Colleen Ballinger and Joshua DTV pre-divorce were happy all the time. Like, it was all about, like, it was literally just, like, they were there to entertain you and make you happy. And, like, I'm not a fan of the Paul Brothers, but I would go as far as to say Paul Brothers, like, pre, um, pre all of their controversy, like, when they were first starting out, like, were the same thing. Like, it was just about being high energy and happy. And now it's, like, all of these, like, really like sad and downtrodden videos or like everybody's like really low energy and everybody's like everybody's trying to be so serious all the time and I'm like literally these kids are like clicking onto this because like they've been watching like cartoons all day and they would like to like vary up you know what I mean like when vlogs were a thing oh my god when vlogs were like a really big thing and like vlogs were just coming up like to me it was like so insane I'd literally watch this and that was like my 15 minute escape like just to have like just to be in somebody else's life and like these people that you dream about being like the Bethany Modas of the world like if they did a vlog it would blow up because everybody's like I love this person so much and I want to know what it's like to be them when people do like this is what I eat in the day. Like, why is that so interesting to everybody? Like, I watch all those what do I eat in a day? Like, like cult, like following of all those videos. Cause I'm like, these are the people that like I want to be like. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just it was more positive. It was more happy. It was something to like enjoy. Mm -hmm. And now it's something to like get angry about. Yeah. And I feel like these people also served as role models for us, like till a certain degree. They were so positive and nice. And everything, they weren't, like, getting involved in adult drama and stuff. And, like, I remember there was, like, this whole movement on YouTube where, like, these YouTubers are only sharing their highlight reel. Like, no one actually looks like that when they wake up in the morning. And then everyone was like, this is my real morning routine. Like, that was a whole thing, too. And, like, I feel like realistic, being realistic is good. Like, I, Alicia Marie, Stan Alicia Marie, she's, she's been on YouTube ever since we were so young. And she is so unproblematic 
and like her following count has like only gone up she's like some other like beauty youtubers gone scandals and like there was like stuff with them but alicia marie love her love that queen and like she has a podcast too called pretty basic which is like they talk about like business stuff and it's like more chill but their podcast is like a good like relaxation podcast to listen to but um that whole realistic movement i feel like that was good too because like i feel like some people were seeing these people on YouTube and were like, why can't my life be like that? And like all of that. But, um, you know, now it's getting a little too, like... Too real, too real. Like, you're entertaining somebody at the end of the day. And like, I understand the need for realism. And like, obviously, when you roll out of bed, you aren't like with a full face of makeup and like your hair's already done. Like, I get that. But also, like, I'm not usually tuning into like these youtube videos to like watch somebody's real life because honestly if you wanted to like live somebody's real life like you could just go out and like live your own life entertainment in an essence while it can be used to make powerful messaging and to unite people and do all those like different like so like socially important tasks it is also at its very core used for entertainment for an escape that's why we have people like the kardashians problematic as they may be and dramatic as they may be are like this escape and that's why people watched it so much because they were like look at these like six people or i don't know how many kardashians there are i'm not gonna count that fast in my head but like look at all this entire family of people whose literal only concern is that she lost her diamond earring in an ocean like that is her concern (laughs) and like that is it is so it's fun to laugh at it's fun to think about it's fun to like imagine these other people's lives and like i think i think it's more or less like your own balance and less about the actual content that was being produced and i think that's what people failed to understand like the realism movement was interesting and it was fun to see people like really incorporate that more like real aspect of their life but also at the same time i feel like that's partially your fault as a viewer like find that balance within yourself like to not be jealous of other people's things like you Mm -hmm. have taken it too seriously you've taken it too far at that point like it does not need to be this serious thing like i didn't i wasn't watching bethany moda's like morning routine thinking like why can't I be like Bethany Moda I was watching and thinking like I really like her smoothie that she drinks let me go make that smoothie myself and like incorporate (laughs) that part into my life do you know what I mean like people took it too far (laughs) they did I definitely agree on that and I feel like they that put a certain amount of pressure on youtubers too and some people were like took it too far being real like I don't know I mean these people live their life in the limelight and they like already struggle with that so people criticizing what they're putting on on an entertainment platform was a bit too much in my opinion but you know some people like the the realistic morning routine like was kind of cute like I kind of enjoyed that as well but definitely agree with you on that melody but yeah just it was fun I just didn't need it to become a new like like I didn't need it to become the new norm. Like I was just like, I will, I'll watch the one, like my real morning. And oh my God, I loved it when they always made it my real. And then the real was like blown up. <laughs> Instead of like, <laughs> yeah. they were like, this is my real morning routine. Like, and that was a great had, like, video, but it didn't need to be the entire channel. Like I didn't need to know all of these things. And like, obviously if you want to talk about serious topics and like bring those up, do it. But I don't, I don't want it to be like every video. Like I just want to watch you like, play a video game or two and like i just want to watch you like do a full face of makeup for no reason like drunk or something like that's funny to me and like i i'm just subscribing here to like get away from my own life for 15 minutes i ain't trying to like start like a whole like therapy session on yours (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just feel like the dynamic in that way has changed on youtube 
for like people want to consume different things and they criticize them like for not being too real or being like I just feel like the dynam the dynamic overall has changed a lot, which obviously with time occurs, but I kinda I miss old YouTube, you know? Oh my god. Yeah, old YouTube. Like my YouTuber, like in like that era was like my like was like my life is Ava. I don't know if y'all remember her. She was awesome. And like I just remember like yeah, like the positivity on her channel made me so happy. And like I don't know, I would just like watch it as like a relaxation thing. And like, you know, as you guys were saying, I think like you know, now whenever I watch, like, YouTube, it's, like, fighting and, like, you know, like, people, like, having beef and that kind of stuff. And, I, I mean, like, also, like, that's transferred over to, like, other platforms, like, TikTok. Like, do you remember, like, maybe, like, eighth grade Musical.ly stuff? Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, it was just people, like, doing, the, like, the robot hand movements and, like, you know, lip syncing to songs. Like, there was no, like, hype house. There was no, like, drama on that. And I feel like, you know, that drama and that tension has sort of evolved from like not just youtube but like to other platforms as well yeah and like it's literal literal like children in like the hype house i remember we talked in our social media episode about nessa barrett and her sharding in this incident and how we felt like people were being too critical to the point where it was affecting her mental health and we were saying like it's okay to be like you need to call out people when they're doing actual problematic things like when she threw it back onto the quran but like the thing about the sharding was like that was the thing that was affecting her mental health and like people take stuff too far especially when it's like children like attacking more other children like literally like that girl's like what your age and you're attacking her and yes, I understand that they have a platform, but like musically was so fun. Musical we just did so those good. wacky so, transitions. So the terrible, yeah. terrible transitions. But also I think it's like it's just like the people on TikTok now also have taken it too far. Like I think like when I think about TikTok, I think like TikTok in like December, January like, was so good. Everybody was hanging out together. Everybody was having a good time. But then you have, like, TikTokers like Bryce Hall, who, like, prides himself on being problematic, which I cannot understand. And I need somebody to explain it to me. He's like, I'm just trying to tell the truth. I'm so problematic. And, like, I'm like, why is that something that's, that's like, a pride stamp for you? And then he, every single time he's like, because I troll TikTok room, I know this. And every single time he's like, I'm going to be more on problematic guys. And then he just continues to do it. And I'm like, I get it. It's, like, your thing, whatever. But also at the same time, like there is literally no need for him and Thomas Petru from the Hype House to like have this like stupid continued fight that nobody cares about. And like they use each other in thumbnails and things like that. Like they're literally beefing for content. That's what it is. And it's like everybody, everybody, and I mean everybody, except for the 12 year olds who are like commenting and being like, yeah, Bryce should fight Thomas Petru. And it is going to be so epic. Like Bryce would beat you so hard. Like except for those like 12-year-olds who have taken this too far. Like everybody just wants to go back to early TikTok. Everybody's just doing the renegade in that stupid bathroom. And everybody's just living their best life. And everybody's having a good time. Like why do we all need to like – I this is what I don't understand. Why does everything need to be a fight? Like I get it. Your 12-year-old fans enjoy you fighting with somebody. But I don't. And if you stopped, I would be so much happier to watch your content. And like – please, can we all just move on from it? Because life was just so much easier when TikTok was less problematic. Like, that whole July 6th, like, blow up that they had, I think it was July 6th, I don't know, with, like, Nessa Barrett and Charlie D'Amelio and Lil Huddy, and they were, like, everybody was so mad at 
at Lil Huddy for kissing Nessa and all these things like that. Like that entire drama, like why was that such a big thing? And like even Charlie D'Amelio, which I stand Charlie D'Amelio because she, she, she can like call herself out and other people out except for like the whole partying pandemic thing, but whatever, we're moving on. Anyway, so like she's, she literally came after it and she was like, that was just high school drama that was just blown up for the internet to see. And all of these like sway boys commenting on the situation when they were not involved. And like all of this, like this huge thing. And I was like, why do y'all need to be involved in this situation? Like, why can't y'all like stay out of it? It was like literally three or four people that were involved. <laughs> and then yet all of these houses and all of these like external creators like went to war. And do you know why they did it? for views and for content because beefing nope. is good for content and it's annoying and I would like it to stop please and thank you that is my note to the sway house the hype house and literally just all of tiktok <laughs> yeah I am in no way I have no idea about like all the hype house drama like occasionally like my friend will update me because she's so invested all but, of like, tiktok room it, it will <laughs> your life will <laughs> change <laughs> I'm on One Direction TikTok and Criminal Minds TikTok, where it's a it's a very nice life over here. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's very nice. But I just my problem, my issue with this is that like I feel like they're capitalizing off of fighting and having problematic behavior, and they continue to be famous, which doesn't exactly portray a good thing to like their younger viewers who are like, oh my god, Bryce Hall is like quite literally a horrible person and he continues to be famous and earn money despite all of his wrongful actions and like i don't know it doesn't give a good view to it's children like, i mean it's obviously like, people older that have a better judgment but like the 12 year olds that continue to stand yeah. him they, they like project that behavior onto their real life and then and they then start they getting just, more antagonistic like these 12 year olds that are like just trying to fight and like the behavior that a lot of them have shown is so weird to me because I'm like, why do you need to do that? Like, you gained a platform before all this beef. And I, I'll be honest, like, you will continue to gain a platform without it because of the fact that TikTok is what's blowing up right now. And yet still, they believe that instigating all this fighting and, like, all of them, like, going to war on, like, Twitter and, like, subtweeting each other. And, like, I'm, I'm always like, where's the at? Like, just do the at so I don't have to decipher it for myself. Like, I don't want to spend time doing that. The 12-year-olds will, but I don't. So then, like, there's no necessity for it like you will continue to be an extremely popular extremely wealthy tiktoker without the fighting the only thing that will happen without the fighting is that everybody can once again regain their peace of mind like i long for the days when everybody was just on tiktok room trying to figure out who kissed who on new year's eve like that is what i want from this world why do we all have to figure out who's subtweeting each other like why is that what is is on tiktok like tiktok's supposed to be fun it's so gotta admit it's kind of funny though it's kind of funny i just don't like the fact that it's portraying such a bad view and kids think it's okay to be like that yeah the kids are projecting it onto their own life and i think that's whack but i think that's enough of sway house hype house talk sorry you really get me in my and i really get really really got i'm i just i i I have a lot of opinions about this because i follow tiktok room so i like oh my god well yeah my best friend i just shout out shout out Vinny. um but she she like sends me like we we it's really funny to us like we just uh talk about this drama for our own like humor but yeah it just astounds me what they believe is like is like a problem do you know what I mean? Like that whole like July 6th thing was like because Lil Huddy kissed Nessa, like uh, his name's like 
his, I don't know what his name is. The, some dude from the Soy House is like ex-girlfriend and they were both single. And like by any regard, this is like whatever. But like to them, it was like the world has like shifted on its axis. Literally, and I can't believe like, how insane things are to them. It's so like this is so such high school teenage drama but it was projected for the world to see they capitalized off of it it was it was just kind they of- all started subtweeting each other and unfollowing each other it was like the yeah and they're all like sensory. children oh that's my God, the thing yes. they're all our age like uh it was just funny but i think and then there's like bryce hall who's like 21 years old and still participating in this drama i'm like boy you've aged out of it like let's go ahead and isn't that on. illegal like literally. it's weird because he's 21 and all these kids are like 17 18 19 and he's like still participating and he's like i'm the problematic king of the internet and i'm like that's not a good thing like why is he claiming this is like it's a, a badge of honor like i could sit here and critique every single one of these tiktokers for like the entirety of an episode like i could seriously do it. <laughs> we'll so give I'll mel stop. we'll give mel a solo episode, a where, solo she's episode where i'm just like talking <laughs> about like, this bryce hall lil huddy charlie d'amelio here's the things that um i have to say about you based on my tiktok room education <laughs> it's like that's the episode that gets us viral <laughs> that's that's the only thing <laughs> oh my god shout out to the 12 year olds maybe maybe we'll do that they'll love it bro i'll end up on tiktok room if we ever oh publish my god, mel, like maybe maybe we should do that we'll give mel a little that is my life it. dream to be on tiktok room <laughs> like that's my aspiration <laughs> uh Okay, so I think we'll we'll move a little bit away from the TikTok talk and um, maybe, okay, I think a really big part of my childhood was reading books. I was obsessed to the degree, and we've addressed this in our Hot Takes episode with talking about Percy Jackson books, Rick Riordan's books. So good. I, I formed a whole book club. And I was the president, and I had binders, and I had character analysis for each of the character characters. Character analysis, that's weird. I had all those, I had a bunch of books. I read so much, but the character analysis was something you would never catch me doing. I was going to have, like, <laughs> intense discussions with my friends who read Percy Jackson. Like, I was trying to fight my friends who, who read Percy Jackson on the train going to school because, like, they didn't agree with me about who was the best couple. Like, it was, like, Jason and that other girl versus, like, Percy and Annabeth, and they were, like, Jason and like Jason is better and I was like no you're wrong like and we would fight about it I was not doing character analysis though maybe this is why I'm so interested in the TikTok drama it started at a young age (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I I, like had a whole binder and everything I would read so much I would read like seven books a week it just it started like first grade with Junie B. Jones and Magic Treehouse and then it just went up from there like in middle school I would go to the library check out I used to read like Princess Diaries I read, I remember Running Dream, Out of My Mind. Like, I can think of so many books at the top of my head. All of this just kind of halted ninth grade, which is kind of sad. I would just read, like, the school-required books. But I was in a big reading slump. But during quarantine, I actually got back into reading books. So that's good. I've been reading more educational books, like, as we discussed in our BLM episodes. Um, but, yeah, educational books and, like, you know, fiction but yeah, book reading was such an integral part of my childhood. I feel like that has really shaped everything. But yeah, I would, I just read so much, so quickly. I wish I still had that work ethic. <laughs> it was like the Diary of Olympic books. Like, 
I don't know about y'all, but like, okay, looking back, those movies are kind of like, they're kind of like misogynistic, which is like bad, so don't stand them anymore. But like when I was younger, like I would read those books so much. Like I would reread them over and over again. And like that, like I wasn't like a super big reader when I was younger. So that like explains why I love those books so much because they weren't like actual books. Like they were just kind of like, like they were just like, they were just so good to me. I thought there was like, I read them so much and like, I, I don't know. That was just my childhood. Is that Their cast is like, also, I remember the TikTok for Biden group had a video call with Roderick and like, oh. who's the other kid? Who was um, Greg's best friend again? Rowley. Rowley. Oh my God, Rowley. Yes. It's, like he was like, so like he was speaking for them and it was, it was really cool. Like seeing the cast and everything. I was a weird kid. I'll be honest about books. I was a really weird kid. Most people, well, I read Percy Jackson, make no mistake. It led me to take a mythology class in seventh grade. Don't know why. <laughs> I was so far into it that I shouldn't have been. Recently, when I was digging up my PS3 because I decided that I wanted to play video games during this weekend because of the election was stressing me out. But I found like a, a book of Greek gods that I got with Percy Jackson. It was a breakdown of each of them. Not me doing like, the same thing. Molly. I was literally so committed. Like what? Like I've never like, I'm thinking so about it now. And I'm like, that level of commitment is lacking in my life now is what is the truth. That's the source of most of my problems. I'm not committed to most things as I was committed to Percy Jackson. I had, I looked at my Pinterest board the other day because I used to use Pinterest a lot when I was in like middle school. Pinterest board fully and completely Percy Jackson exclusively percy jackson edits exclusively percy jackson like fan art and it was just all these like different opinions and things like that and i'm like looking at it i'm like this is intense like this was like an obsession is what it was like the same way that kids today like 12 year olds are like invested in tiktok drama i was invested in percy jackson (laughs) like percy jackson was my ride or die but that's not the point i was like a weird kid because in my elementary school in the library where i used to check out all my books there was literally like a section that was like these like classic books like i'm talking like frankenstein kind of books that had pictures to accompany them but they were also just like the classics and i was like hmm like let me look at this and i would like read these like books so when i was a kid i was reading a bunch of books that were like frankenstein i read like great expectations i read um oliver twist like when I was in like fifth grade, which I'm not trying to like like be pretentious or anything. It's just I think I'm so weird because I usually don't find people that like agree with me. And I would be so like I'd literally just walk around like my school, like reading all these books while kids were reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which make no mistake, I read every single Diary of a Wimpy Kid book. And I read them in one day. I was so devoted. I got it immediately after it was released. And then I would read the entire thing in one day. So yeah, I agree with you, Divya. Like reading was such a big part literally my childhood but i just dropped off so much and it's so sad for me i've been trying to get back into reading i've been trying so hard i swear to god tiktok's ruined my attention span i can't focus on anything to save my life oh my god oh i remember one integral okay there's this book series called the keeper of the lost cities i don't know if y'all have read it but we had a skype call with the author and like ever since then like i didn't know her before but i got so invested in that series i literally i would project i i also had a pinterest board but like i was so invested into that series and like i told all my cousins and friends about it so they got into it and they told their classmates and it just spread i caused a movement guys it was pretty amazing honestly she was a trailblazer what can we say yeah 
What can we say? That author should like give me some money <laughs> for being when, her marketing. Bro, literally when I was in, in elementary school, we would have these book fairs. Like the entire school would read one book. <gasps> and, oh my God. And they would always be like these Florida centric books. And then the author would come at the end of this week. And then they would like sign your book if you like got chosen to get your book signed. And I loved it so much. I went to Key West like last year you know, pre-pandemic, I went to Key West and all I could think to myself while I was there was like, whoa, like this is like kidnapped in Key West, which was one of the books that I read in elementary school. Like I was living out a dream of mine. Like <laughs> I was literally going to Key West for the first time. And I was like, rem- I remember when they were like in, in that boat in the ocean. And like most people would be like, wow, this is such a cool island. I was like in my brain thinking about this book the entire time that I was there. And I was like, oh my God, am I in kidnapped in Key West? Like, am I a part of the book? And I would always get in my book sign I would always like take a picture with the author and it'd be really cute but it was it wouldn't be cute because I was an awkward and chubby little elementary school kid <laughs> and so like I like to think about those like book fairs were like like where I peaked because they were so I fun. wonder if they still have them like I, I remember know. begging my mom for money and like all the little stationaries they would have like the smelly pencils and like the smelly markers I spent all my money there <laughs> and then like and then I'll get like a couple of books. They would have like books on sale. It was just such, it was such a cultural, I mean, not cultural. Like it was such an integral part of my life. Like going to that book fair every year. Cultural reset. No, but I'm not talking about that book fair. At my school, we had like, we had that book fair, the Scholastic book fair where they would come and they would have all the random and like the Guinness World Record books, which I always bought. I would save up the entire year. I'd be like, this is what I'm getting. Like, this is what I want. The Guinness World Record book. I'm talking about like, my school would do this thing where they would be like, it'd be one book. The entire school had to read it. It would be like this entire like seminar. We all did this like week long, like focus on a book. And it would always be like a Florida centric book because we could not think beyond ourselves. It was like kidnapped in Key West. And like, I still have those books. And at the end of the week, like (laughs) the author would come in and they'd be like, it's time to sign the books. And like, you'd bring your book and then your parent could come and come and like see the author with you. And then you'd get your book signed and you'd get this like awkward photograph taken where you were like, you couldn't like get at the the author's level. Like they were sitting down. So you had to stand up like weird right beside them. And like the entire library would be decorated. And it was like this entire thing. And I just always loved that so much. They kind of stopped doing it near the end of the time that I was in elementary school, but it was literally the best. And now I just think about them all the time. Like kidnapped in Key West. I was in Key West. I was practically a part of the book at that point. Like if you ask me, I might as well have much been written into the book. <laughs> like, yeah, we had. I feel like we had such a book-centered childhood, and I. I don't know. I'm talking as if I'm like 20 years old. I'm still 17, but I have no idea. I wonder if they still have book fairs because that was such a an amazing part of my year. I would look forward to it every year. Honestly, feel like yeah, they probably do. But I not held a book fair when I was like in seventh grade. It was excellent. But it was like, um, like we like sold a bunch of books and like they were like ripped up like old books that I used to have. But like I don't know, it was fun. Oh, book fairs are elite. Like they were the best time. You remember when you'd walk in with your cash and you'd be like, <laughs> and you'd like look around at all the books and you'd be like, ah, I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna get. And you get those like Scholastic catalogs beforehand. And they'd be like, this is gonna be available at the book fair. And you'd walk in and you're like. This is the my little moment. trailers. Do you remember oh my the God, trailers? Yes. And then you have the, the the parents at the the 
the what's it called the register and it was like your mom's good like pTSO friend was at <laughs> was at the register and you're like hi miss blank and then you'd like purchase your little book and you'd walk out with it and you could get like those like like erasers and things like that and all these like random stationary equipment that nobody ever needed or used and you could get them they had posters oh my Do you god yes, the posters? posters my friend i remember my friend bought a justin bieber poster and this was like this was like the age i mean like in my elementary school i remember people hated on justin bieber for absolutely no reason because like that was like the po- period of time people were like oh my god he has a girl voice like internalized misogyny but like um like people would hate on him for no reason even though his music slaps i mean i don't know about his new album but purpose slapped i love purpose purpose is so um, good yeah and like i remember she she was obsessed with justin bieber she her name was rachel and she like changed her name to rachel bieber on her email account and stuff but (laughs) it was ingrained oh no the posters bro like not the uh, username i look back at my snap username this is a total deviation i look back at it and i'm like what was i thinking like when you you know when you make an account when you're a kid or like some people have like these like alternative emails that are like meow meow four at gmail.com and you're like i can tell like a two-year-old made that like and it's like (laughs) so sad for you because some people are stuck with those forever like i Snapchat needs to like give me a, a function so that I can change my username because it is truly terrible. I wasn't allowed to get a Snapchat till sophomore year, I think. So I have a normal username. Haha. <laughs> I got mine in like seventh grade and it's like Melody underscore Steve. And like Wait, if anybody it? from my elementary school is listening, they know exactly why it's underscore Steve. But we had this like weird thing going on where we would call each other like like these weird names. It was so weird. Actually, I'm not we gonna had say Bob. It on here. We had Bob and Billy Bob Joe. Oh my god! When uh, you remember when you were a kid and Bob was the funniest name you've ever heard. Like anybody would hear Bob and they'd start laughing. Why? Nobody can tell you. But everybody would hear Bob and just the entire room would break out laughing. Like that was the <laughs> best time of our lives. Oh my god! Oh my yes. <laughs> I peaked when Bob was funny. That's literally the peak of my lifetime. <laughs> Quite literally. Okay. Um, I want to talk about music of our childhood. I think we kind of talked about this before, but Sabrina Carpenter was my life. Bridget Mendler, Sabrina Carpenter, ready or not, Sean Mendes, smokers were my life back then. Oh, chain smokers, yes, so good. Closer, Paris, all we know. I would like, oh my god, like literal. I listened to a lot of like when I was a kid, I would listen to like the decom because decoms obviously had the elite music like decom soundtracks like lemonade mouth she's so gone mo naomi scott oh like god. like oh my god any day bro like lemonade mouth album still slaps oh my god still so and good. i learned the i learned the dance for determinate when i was in middle school i remember doing that i was okay i'm if you know me you know that i love harry styles and one direction zane everyone so I was hardcore One Direction obsessed, and like even though I was I was really young, I didn't go to like their concerts and stuff. But my cousin put me on them, so I've been a huge fan of One Direction pretty much forever. And then I would listen to Bollywood music and double music, of course, because of my parents. But the music, okay, Bridget Mendler, we have to give her a moment. Her album, No Skips, Hurricane, so so Ready good. or Not, everything. I have all the words memorized. Neat. I. Listen to it nonstop. Yes. Sabrina Carpenter, her music as well, bro. Can't blame a girl for trying. 
will be the stars. I, I, why do I remember these titles? I remember I, I didn't have a phone. My parents wouldn't let me get a phone. So I had a Kindle. <laughs> I would listen to Spotify on Not my the Kindle. Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I literally. Big Time like, Rush. That reminds me of Big oh Time Rush. Oh my God. Big Time Rush. Elite. Literally the best. So underrated. Why does nobody talk about that? Kendall Carlos, who's now a Trump supporter, under, unfortunately. James Logan. Kendall was obviously the best. And I'll fight anybody who in the streets who thinks anything differently. Like that crazy little sister that they had. Mom, Gustavo, Camille. Gustavo. Like, Gustavo. Gustavo, oh my god, guys, I saw Gustavo on TikTok the other day. And no I was way. like, is he what? really drop his at right now? He's I mean, literally he's like- on there. I will I will text you guys his his TikTok afterwards. And I was like, this is like a flash from the past. And like sometimes, like this is especially with music and things, like I will like make playlists that are like nostalgia based, like ones that I need to listen to when I'm like having a hard time because I feel like isn't that like what the nature of nostalgia is though, to like go back to something when you're having a hard time to like think about better days, I guess, so to speak. And I'll make playlists and I'll think about Big Time Rush. And then I buy Big Time Rush episodes on iTunes because obviously it's not available on Netflix, which is a disservice because – It's literally – it used to be available on Amazon Prime, which was like uh, – Yeah, literally. I watched all the episodes, but now you have to pay for it, and it makes me really sad. Which is unfair because Big Time Rush should be something that should be shared with the general population. Like I'm just waiting for Netflix's Nickelodeon deal to like bring in Big Time Rush because they have Victoria's on there. And like, why are we wasting time on Sam and Cat? Like bring in yeah. the Big Time Rush, bring in the iCarly. Like I will, I will pay them so much money just to watch those shows. Like so much money. Netflix has no idea how much money I would pay to watch those shows. Literally. And I wish Disney Plus had both Disney and, or at least the Nickelodeon shows that I liked. If Nickelodeon made a Nickelodeon Plus, like it's it's over. It's over. I don't know if I would pay for that. I would pay for it. I didn't think I would pay for Disney Plus in the beginning, and then okay, I was like true. the nostalgia, and then it was just too much. Like I just had to do it. I had to do Disney Plus. I grew up with Disney's, but I I grew up with specific Nickelodeon shows like Victorious and iCarly and Big Time Rush but only those three I didn't really watch anything else I like to think that it'll be like Nick and Knight will also be on there so like Fuller House or not Fuller House Full House Full Full House House, um and like the George Lopez show and like all those things and I like to think that it would be it it would remind me of things that I have not thought about in a long time like I think about Drake and Josh sometimes like I was watching Victorious today and they showed a clip from Drake and Josh and I had a vivid flashback of like being a kid and like watching Drake and Josh like in the morning and like because it would I would record them and then watching them every morning trying to finish it before I got to I had to go to school because I oh would like God. try and squeeze it in <laughs> Do you remember, the, that one scene I don't know I hope this is from Drake and Josh but with like the moving thingy. the sushi line yeah <laughs> that is from Drake and Josh and it's featured in Victorious which kudos to Nickelodeon for that I was watching it yeah. today and I was like this is like a great like meta integration like mm-hmm. I know that's and they weird have like say, the pair but... the pair pods and everything they oh my god the own... pair pods I want a pair pod so bad and it's still one of my desires in this world because everybody and their mom has pair pods on Nickelodeon TV shows and I want a pair pod I also think logistically though a pair pod would be hard hard to hold because the the base is wider so also maybe I don't want a pair pod but I just think I would like want to hold one for a second <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> For sure. And oh my god, I just had this random flashback. This is not related to TV shows or music, but do you guys remember Rainbow Loom? Oh my god, Rainbow Loom and Silly Bands. Yeah. 
I, Rainbow Loom, like I would go to my local craft store and I have, I still have two looms and I bought one of those cases where you can have like the different colors of rubber bands put in. I made a giant cuff, a mustache cuff. I was so committed to Rainbow Loom. Oh my God. I was, uh, like I said, had that much work ethic with other stuff, but like, oh my God. I made a turtle out of rubber bands, like a little turtle, a mustache cuff. We had a whole ring going on <laughs> in elementary school where people would pay each other to make specific bracelets all the patterns. I spent so much time on YouTube. Like, my big obsessions in middle school, I mean, elementary school, were American Girl Dolls and Rainbow Loop. But yeah. American Girl Dolls were so expensive. My like, elementary school, they literally sold, like, Rainbow Looms. Like, it was, like, a drug deal. Like, it was conducted on the down Quite literally. And, yeah, like, it was, like, <laughs> it was, like, you had to be really secretive about it. And it was, like, this entire thing when it was really, like, not that big of a deal in all actuality. But it was, like, but Rainbow Loom, I finally learned how to do lame, Rainbow Loom right as Rainbow Loom was, like, not a thing anymore. I had a lot of silly bands, though. Like, so many silly bands. Like, arm circulation cut off amount of silly bands and I'd find them on the ground all the time and I'd be like this is my thing like I never actually bought any silly bands but I would just collect them like the discarded silly bands of the world because I was like there's no way I'm paying money for this make no mistake but <laughs> but I will like I, I'm gonna be like the island of the lost toys and that one claymation like but it'll be my wrist and it'll be silly bands <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think I ever paid for silly bands either. Just got them for my. They just materialized one day on your wrist, and you're like, "All right, this is how it's gonna be." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Rainbow Loom, I was so obsessed. I spent so much money on like the gigantic bags of singular colored rubber bands. I would beg my mom for all the colors. I'm pretty sure I still have a ton of colors in like the loom, and I bought the mini loom. Oh my god. And like for my birthday, like people would get each other like rainbow loom rubber bands and stuff. And like, oh my god. Birthday gifts were very different. I mean, obviously, but like I remember getting art supplies, rainbow loom, build-a-bear stuff. Oh my god. And American Girl doll accessories. I had my American Girl doll phase. Um, and like where I would religiously watch all of their movies and read their books and purchase overpriced accessories i miss like american girl doll age except when i had my american girl doll for some reason because i was a tomboy and like whatever you know say what you want but my american girl doll got all her hair cut off which in retrospect very big mistake like i think about that all the time and i'm like she was definitely so ugly and i feel so bad for her like she did not ask for all this but like i definitely cut off all her hair and you know when you see a barbie whose head has been shaved that's what she looked like and I felt so bad afterwards I was like oh no like I shouldn't have done that and my parents were like what did you do like all this and I was like honestly it was so expensive too it was so much money and like here's the problem with being a kid like you have no concept of money do you know what I mean like you have no idea like how expensive things are like I I reflect on that sometimes and I'm like yeah it's not that bad and then I go to Target and I see how expensive these things were and I'd be like and I was like, what the heck was I thinking? Like, why on God's green earth? Like, who allowed me to exist and to do these things? It's like, it was, it's just, oh my God. Like, uh, when who you, allowed when me to purchase kid. that doll in the first place? Oh my God. It's so expensive. I would get the girl of the it. year. 
I would get the girl of the year. It was like $120, but like it would be a birthday present and like I would have to like work for it. But still, I mean, like now I'm like, I feel like so bad. I'm like, oh my God, I really made my parents spend so much money on that and like buying clothes and the book and the movies, everything, the whole package. But now it's like getting passed on to my cousin. So it's okay. Big Barbie people. I was a big Barbie person, which I know kind of contradicts my previous statement concerning being a tomboy. But I think this is like my, like my guilty, like I, I want to say pleasure, but that feels wrong. Like my side thing when I was like uh, a tomboy, like, you know, out like when I was out in elementary school, I was like, let me play basketball with the boys because I'm a tomboy. I'm not like other girls. Like I was like Debbie Ryan. I'm not like other girls. I play with Barbies and exactly. I play basketball. And then, but then like, but I, the, the Barbie thing had to be kept low key. Like we couldn't talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, but, like ain't nobody bringing that up at, on the basketball courts. Like it had to be like my own secret thing. I would play Barbies with my sister and with my cousins and my family at home. And we had a Barbie dream house in the garage which I promptly destroyed because I was just so bad at things like I it wasn't constructed well first and foremost but second like we definitely destroyed it and like we would play like different like games and I would always dress up all the Barbies and this was like I was like hoarding Barbies and every time we went to Target it was like I was begging my parents to buy me a Barbie like I was like please I just need this one it'll complete the storyline of like my Barbie (laughs) saga Oh my god, my my guilty watch, I guess, was Barbie Life in the Dream House on YouTube. Oh Those little two minute oh videos. God. I was so obsessed. Oh my god. I, I don't even force? know. I mean Barbie Barbie's a queen. She's quick role like amazing role model. Have you seen that video where she's explaining racism? Yeah. And like BLM. I was just like, okay, queen, work. Pop like, <laughs> yeah. Proud to say she was my childhood. <laughs> yeah and now i think they're getting diverse barbies as well so like you know go off they have been diversifying their barbies but when we were kids mostly actually uh you know when we were younger i mean we're still technically kids but when we were younger like all of them were like these white girls but i would always be so excited when i would get like a little um like uh an an ethnic barbie but also i'm just gonna segue to something else because i want to see if i was the only person who did this i had playmobile when i was a kid and I think I might have been the only like only person who played with Playmobil, but I had so many Playmobil, like so many. I would go to Barnes and Nobles and they used to sell Playmobil there. And I had a I, I went to the Playmobil castle one time and saw like live big Playmobil. And like if you guys must Google it, please do. Like I'm encouraging oh. everybody who's listening to Google them because I had so many of them. I still have them in my house. That's the weird thing. Like I still like, have them. I, I feel like Okay, I got this. I used to buy these for my cousin, and I feel like I had them too. Are they like? They, they have like were... these like empty like brown eyes. <laughs> like they're like. These, Wait, like, which one are you talking about? Playmobil, like... like Playmobil, like Google Playmobil right now. It's okay. It's like it's like cars and cars, like, and they're like these little people the and houses. Like... Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Yes, I feel. I think I had this as well, and I had Littlest Pet Shop along with it. Oh my god! Like these, like I had a whole pet things. empire. So yes, good. I had like mm-hmm. a little case where I kept all of them. Yeah. I had I had Polly Pocket. Oh my god! <laughs> Polly Pocket <laughs> was a. Ah! oh my god i had polly pockets and like the littlest pet shops would be their friends they would play in the playmobile houses 
I just the Playmobil. Oh my god, but Playmobil was my thing. I would set up Playmobil displays and treat them like Barbies, which I think is weird because they're not really supposed to be treated that way. But like to me, they were like little Barbies, and they had little storylines, and I would put them in their car, and they would drive, and I would like have them like all have they all had different names and all had different characters, and I would get like I I I always had to like try and figure out like how to get them like little families and things. So I would always <laughs> be buying more of them because I was like that kid would be perfect in my games, <laughs> and I would be like buy this entire set that I do. Children. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Which sounds yes. wrong, I, but oh it is the nature of the game. It's okay. It's called creativity, Melody. Like, why was wasting <laughs> so much money? Because my- I was literally buying sets for like one character that I saw. Oh like, no. I, like, I want that one. And I did. Oh my god. So you would else. buy like the entire set for that yes, one piece? I wanted the one piece. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, oh my god. My grandma was- would get me like ethnic like kitchen sets like the little indian kitchen sets with like the dosa like like karandi that's what we call it like the ladle and like the all of that and i would incorporate the ethnic kitchen sets into like my white barbie land it's like that one tiktok that's like add a little bit of spice <laughs> it's like that is, that's what we we're all doing oh what else what else oh my god oh my god i'm having like a nostalgia trip right now and thinking you know, about like, that, sh- that store a huge like chain toy store toys r us that closed down toys r us toys r us i can't oh my believe God. when they went out of business i, I couldn't them. believe it because like, i know i was so sorry i right now i was thinking about it i was like i had such vivid memories of like going there and like certain sections oh my gosh like i'm getting like flashbacks to toys r us like what a time that was i remember really getting like a toy guitar from toys r us because i they really have it. Do y'all want to see it? Oh my god. Like a- I literally, Toys R Us was such this a fun such- time. It's, this is from Toys R Us when I was like in fourth grade. And our listeners can't see. But if y'all want a picture, a I'll put it on our story. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, oh, oh my god, I'll make this a little hint. I'll oh, you know what? Like, no, you won't gonna, know what this is. I'm going to bring, I'll bring Unless out all the Playmobil. We shall see my like, like. Wait, oh my god, do you guys, do you guys want to do a little segment where we're like, our episode out of context you won't find out unless you listen you guys will finally see the <laughs> physical part of our episode where we're like <laughs> where i'm like showing off my playmobile collection that i still have because i don't know why <laughs> literally i'll bring out my uh, rainbow loom nina can bring out her diary of the wimpy kids books. <laughs> we can have a whole little yeah but oh you know what else um i was a gamer kid too. I think this contributes to the to the whole tomboy aesthetic, but it also contributes to the portion of my tomboy personality that was like, let me play with Barbies. Because I bought a PS3 and I was playing like, I was playing, I, I was actually playing it before this episode. I was playing like NBA 2K and like all these things. And I was like, look at me, like, look, I was playing Assassin's Creed because I was like that person. But also at the same exact time on my computer, I was playing The Sims 3. <laughs> I had a Nintendo. I didn't. I had a Wii and a Nintendo. So I'd play Wii Sports Resort and Wii Sports, and then on my Nintendo, I'd play like my. This was. I had this in elementary school, and then my, and then I gave it to my cousin, I think, but it like broke or something. But I would play like a Dora game, and I would play the cooking game. What's it called? Cooking Mama. Oh my God, Cooking like Mama. Yeah, Cooking Mama. Oh my God, that cool was math games. Cool math games. Okay, <laughs> everything was just. Uh, the game era. What was it like? It was My like- Nintendo was so fun though, because I could take it anywhere, and I wouldn't need Wi-Fi for it, and it was just. I didn't. It was a good time, too, and I would play like those Lego games, that were like mm-hmm. Lego Star Wars and things like that. And I would, I, I, I had a Wii, 
but then my cousin stuck a penny in it. And then after that, I did not have a Wii anymore, which is so <laughs> unfortunate for me because I was so good at like Wii sports. Like I was a beast at tennis. Like don't even at me, me about too. tennis. I was so good at it. Yes. I was so good at bowling and tennis. Oh my so gosh. good and and just it. dance just dance was so i was so obsessed with just dance literally my, oh my god workout. like literally i i remember last last semester when i was at tams we would play like they have youtube videos of just dance and like we would just do it like with the youtube video just for fun it was such an enjoyable time oh my god yeah and then everybody in the room would just dance along like when i was in um elementary school i was in my after school program and like there was like we would have rotations of things right so it'd be like the art rotation which nobody wanted to do because it wasn't that good but then it would be like you could go outside that was your rotation or you could do like these different like carts and things or you could do board games and then there was one cart the the most elite cart if you ask me it was the Wii cart. You could play on the Wii. You you would go into like the the cafeteria and they drop down that screen because this is at the point in, in time when like your cafeteria was still like where you do all your presentations and things. So like they would drop down the projector and we could like play like Mario Kart and things like that on the projector. The best time, bro. Honestly, Wii's so good and I miss my Wii so much. I think about my Wii sometimes. Yeah. I'm, like Me big too. rip to her. Elementary school was such a good time. I'd play, um, and in Chicago, uh, it would be super duper cold. So like we would have indoor recess and outdoor recess sometimes depending on the weather, but playing in the snow hit different, bro. Like right next to the basketball court. And then indoor, we would play Monopoly. And like, we were so invested in our Monopoly game that if we didn't finish before recess time, we would put our, all of our pieces into our Ziploc bags and continue the next day. And oh my God, wait, speaking of gym, do y'all remember these? Oh my God! Yes. yes. What were those supposed to be for? Can somebody answer for the listeners? Unless you're gonna check it on our Instagram stories to see where we'll be posting all the visuals that we're talking about. We're talking about those like colorful little scooters things that are on the ground. That honestly, to me, and I need somebody to explain it to me. In PE, had no purpose other than scooting around and possibly hurting yourself because they like were not that great and not that easy to use. That's true, but I had such a good time with them, <laughs> no matter what. And, like, we play – I think we used them during Sharks and Minerals for us, but um, – Oh, really? Like, we just ran. We, we were just committed to the running. Like, it oh, was just – Do like, you remember that giant parachute-like thing? Oh, I was just thinking about that. Like, you would run in the middle, and it was such an insane experience. Like, that was, like – you. We like, were all so tiny. Like, I'm thinking about it now. I was, like – It took so many people to hold it up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, good times. Um, in my elementary school, this is kind of funny. In my elementary school, in my after school program, for some reason, right there near the end, they decided that we needed to start doing Zumba classes. I am talking 45-year-old woman Zumba classes where they all are wearing like leggings and they're like, I'm meeting Jill at the Zumba class later today. And they like getting brunch right after. Like I'm talking about that kind of Zumba class, but with, but with elementary school kids and they would get, everybody would be like, like all these like instructors would be like, let's get hype. And it would be the entire like group no. of after schoolers. And I would be like, I remember them introducing this and me and my tomboy face was like, I refuse to participate. Like I would literally sit there and like stand there and like do the most like half like like half strength like possible of these dances and i would i would literally be so mute about it i was like i'm too good oh for this God. like could I not did be water me. zumba because i i used to swim 
Oh my, I was very involved in sports in elementary school. That has changed with time. I mean, I still swim, but not for club or for my school anymore. But I, I used to, I, I would have to do water Zumba in the, they would call it the therapy pool, but it was like the hot pool and not the lane pool. And we would do water Zumba classes. My mom would do it too. And I played tennis for all of elementary school. We would have like six hour summer camps and where we would like watch a movie in the middle. It was a good time. Well, this has been what can only truly be described as the most elite trip down memory lane. And I could literally talk about nostalgia and life in the past for hours. But at the risk, I think we're now risking a point where we sound like we're like 20 years old when we are in fact not. So I feel like this is a good place to wrap this episode up of Cluelessly Conscience. Obviously, we talked a lot about a little, or not even a lot, a little bit about the election and did our little recap. But most importantly, we discussed the most elite portion of all of our lives from Nina's Diary of a Wimpy Kid all the way to Divya's Water Zumba, all the way to my trauma. So this has been an amazing episode, guys. I've had a lot of fun, and I hope that our listeners will tune into all our previous episodes. We've talked a lot about the election and parts one and two. We talked a little bit about BLM and the public health care system, but we also kept it a little bit lighthearted with our hot takes episode. You should take every single one of those out because they're amazing, and we all have amazing conversations in this. This, guys, has been an extremely fun episode. I had a lot of fun thinking about Playmobil for the first time in, like, at least five years. All right? Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for participating in our kind of podcast. If you guys have any finishing notes. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at closelyconscious underscore for sound bites, graphics, more, and, you know, participate in our polls. I've been trying to do more polls on our Instagram lately. And, you know, we'll give people a little bit of a snippet to our episodes as well so yeah definitely check that out you also have to check it out if you want to know a lot of the visuals of what we're talking about if you want to see the playmobile that i was obsessed with like if you want to see my playmobile collection check out our instagram because it's the only place you're going to see it (laughs) all right thank you guys so much for tuning in um this has been an amazing episode all right check out our next episode and check out all our past episodes goodbye yeah